can stand with us this morning as we open in worship. Let's sing about the only king forever. Sing with us. Our God, the foundation, our rock, the only solid ground. This nation rise and fall. Kingdoms once strong, now shaken. We trust forever in your name, the name of Jesus. We trust the name of Jesus. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever. Forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever. Forevermore. Unmatched in all your wisdom, in love, justice you will reign, and every knee will bow. We bring our expectations, our hope is anchored in your name, the name of Jesus. Well, good morning, everybody. How you doing? 
Good morning, good morning. My name's Eric, one of the pastors here. So glad that you're with us this morning. Um, hopefully, you got a bulletin before you came in. Um, if not, I would happily run and go get you one after I'm done talking with you. But we're grateful for you to be here. If you're new with us for the first time or been here just a few times, thank you for coming to Sunset Hills and we hope that you'll enjoy. Also, what we desire is that we really want you to understand who we are, what the gospel's all about, and why Sunset Hills is a special place for you to be. And so really, right after this service, if you are interested, we'll feed you and you can come to what we call Discover. Discover Sunset Hills. It's right after church. We're going to have some food made available to you, and you can come and, and ask questions, allow us to get a chance to introduce ourselves to you, our staff, our pastoral team, and all of that. Um, in addition, uh, we have just some cool things that are coming up midweek. We always have great children's ministries, youth ministries, and we have a, a new young adult college career and young adult uh, ministry that's going to be starting up this Wednesday that's going to be uh, here on campus. So you can look inside your bulletin. You can come talk to me about those things. And finally, if you're looking for places to plug in and serve when it comes to meeting and greeting folks, I would love to also talk to you about that. You can see me either later, uh, you know, in the Sunday after we're done with worship, or maybe you can just go ahead and email or call me, and I'd love to connect with you in that way. Um, just before I kind of release you to, to turn around and say hello to some people, it occurred to me as we're in this sermon series of three powerful words, Pastor's going to be bringing, Pastor Steve's going to be bringing a message that I think is very fitting for our time all the time because we want to know about the love of God. And so I was reminded of that when I was just kind of looking through Psalm 18. And it says this, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. And I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. And as we will hear later in the message, um, the love of God does all of those things and far more. So really grateful for that. Would you do me a huge favor as we're just kind of in this time of welcome and transition, would you just say hello to a few people around you and say welcome to Sunset Hills.
so thankful to serve a reigning king. God, when you look in those tombs of all those other folks that claimed to be gods, God, you'll find ashes and leftovers, God, from an earthly body. But Lord, we are grateful today that God, we serve a king that left an empty tomb to go build a heaven for us. And that God, by us saying yes to you and submitting to your love, God, that we can spend eternity with you. Lord, my prayer today is if there's one young person or one person that's more seasoned in life, God, that has never made that commitment to step forward and say yes. That God, April 30th, 2023, in Nolensville, Tennessee, God, their names would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And God, we're grateful for the hope that you give us through your son, Jesus in the way that we can spend eternity with you. We love you, God. Be with us now in this time of spoken word, worship. Let everything that we do bring glory to you today. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated today. Once there was a lady named Alice who thought she had found the perfect fiance. As she was getting to know Michael and his family, she was very much impressed at how much his parents appeared to love each other. They were so thoughtful, she said. Why, your dad even brings your mom a cup of coffee in the morning while she's still in bed. Alice and Michael eventually got married. And as they were leaving the wedding again, she remarked on Michael's love for the, that her parents had and how he, uh, the, her, his dad would bring her coffee in the morning. And she said, tell me, does it run in the family? And Michael replied, it sure does, but you should know that I take after my mom. Yeah, right? Here's another one. One morning, a woman woke up and told her husband about a dream. I just dreamed that you gave me a pearl necklace for Valentine's Day. What do you think it means? Her husband replied, honey, you'll know what it means tonight. That evening, her husband came home with a small package and gave it to his wife, and she was very delighted when she opened up the package, only to find out that inside was a book entitled The Meaning of Dreams. Well, I obviously thought that was a whole lot more funnier than what you did, but at any rate. Last week, I introduced a new series called Three Words. I told you that over the next few weeks, we're going to look at how three words used in Scripture uh, are very powerful words, words that, that I feel I've chosen, I feel like are some of the most powerful words that exist. In fact, these words, some of them have changed the course of history and become very precious to us who are believers. 
used in different forms of like standalone, as I did last week of ask, seek, and knock, we talked uh, about sometimes they're used as a phrase from a very familiar Bible verse that Jesus spoke himself. And the trilogy of words that I am going to talk about this morning may be the most abs- may be mo- absolutely the most powerful words ever spoken affecting mankind. I place that kind of importance on them. In fact, in my opinion, no other three-word combination rivals the impact of these three words. These three words really are the reason that the world was made. They're the reason that we exist today. Now, you may be thinking with the opening jokes that, that I just gave you that you're thinking the words I'm going to talk about are, I love you. No doubt, they are very powerful words, and they have great effect on human beings, and, and they have a great effect on our lives. I like to hear those words, but they're not the words that I'm going to talk about this morning. Maybe a few weeks from now, I'm going to talk about those, but not this morning. Uh, what three words, uh, what are the three words for today? They are this, God, so loved. God so loved. They come from a verse that we're very familiar with. And today we have in our worship, our time of worship, our children, they're in the service with us and what we're doing uh, on the fifth Sunday uh, when we have five Sundays, we're going to start introducing, or we're introducing this as family worship where we're having all the kids come in that are uh, elementary age to our worship service. And I want to do something um, with, uh, I'm going to ask our kids to participate here. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering, God so loved, if there's a, a, a kid in here that can, can come up here and tell me where those three words come from. First one comes up here. Who can do it? Come on, Addie. You can come up here, okay? I don't have a microphone, so we're going to have to get really close so that you, people can hear, okay? Come here. You're about the only person that I can do this to and still be almost as tall, okay? In a few years, that won't work, but it does right now. So tell me, where does God so loved come from? John 3.16. John 3.16, that's exactly right. Now, I'm going to, tell, I'm going to ask you, can you quote John 3.16? All right, go right ahead. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, for whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. All right, good job. Hey, man. I am proud. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I am so proud of you. I'm going to give you this $5 bill. There you go. It just pays to know scripture, literally. This morning, our hands are going up all over the place. Who I'm next? What she said, what Jesus said, powerful, powerful words. Before we ever existed, God so loved. When he created the first man, the first woman, Adam and Eve, God so loved. God so loved has been the theme of his relationship 
with mankind throughout all of history. We would not be here today had it not been for the fact that God so loved. Sometimes when it comes to relationships, love isn't all that it's cracked up to be, but when it comes to our relationship with God, His love exceeds our wildest expectation because from the time God created us, He loved us when an un, with an unimaginable love. He loved us even though we didn't have to. You understand, don't you, that God doesn't need us. But He loves us nonetheless, and it isn't something that He's forced to do. Rather, that He loves because God is love and because He chooses to love me and you. And there is no greater love that can ever be possibly conceived than the love of God. That When we stop and think, this is the Almighty God showing His great love for you and me, and He expressed it. And how did He do it? By sending His Son. An utterly outrageous thing for Him to do was this demonstration of the extent of His love for us by sending Jesus into the world. Think about that for a moment. God so loved the world. The world. Meaning all of His creation. But it was for mankind that He sent His Son into the world. Now, just kind of follow that reasoning for a moment. Mankind those that God knew ahead of time that would actually love Him back, but also for those that God knew ahead of time that would choose not to love Him back. And that's you, that's me. We fit into those categories. All the people who came before us, who are here presently, and will come after us, God so loved that even includes bad people. Do you know that God loves bad people? God loves bad people a lot. It doesn't say that God so loved only the good guys. It doesn't say that God loves the Baptist. It doesn't say that God loves all of the saints. It says that God so loved what? the world. That includes bad people. In fact, Scripture calls bad people strangers. And we'll follow this reasoning as we look at Ephesians chapter 2. And it just lays it out. As for you, who's he talking about? This is the Apostle Paul. And he's writing to the Ephesians, but it includes all of us. As for you, okay, I want you to look at, some, look at the person beside you, one or the other side of you, and just point to them and say you, okay? You do that right now. Everybody look at, point at somebody, you. All right, I give you permission to point at somebody today. It's okay, you. Stick your finger in their face and say you. Okay, that's you. As for you. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. Okay? 
uh, when you were pointing, you know the old saying, you had fingers pointing back at you? Okay, so this is the you. It could read like this, as for me, I, I was dead in my transgressions and sins in which I used to live when I followed the ways of this world and of the ruler and of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying our, the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, watch this, we were by nature deserving of wrath. That's the world that God so loved, that God so loves. People who follow in the ways of the world and listen to the prince of darkness, people who, who gratify their own cravings and, 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 and basically say, I get to do, I will choose to do whatever I want to do that pleases me. God so loved. It really seems incon un inconceivable that when you look around the world, you hear about what's taking place, all the nastiness, all the hatred, all the sinful actions. Oh my goodness, it seems like we're just working overtime with people who are doing horrendous, heinous things in our culture. And when you look around and you see all of that and how it exists in our world, this is the world that God loves. Do you remember the story of Homer? I knew I would do that. Not Homer, Gomer. Last time I mentioned them, I did exactly the same thing. And I kept saying, do not say Homer. Do not say Homer. Say Hosea and Gomer. Okay, you with me? You remember the story of Hosea and Gomer? It's a wonderful story of a prophet, of the prophet Hosea and his wife, Gomer. A story of love and redemption. God uses a real relationship between a husband and a wife to illustrate the steadfast love that he has for people who don't always please him, especially the wife here named Gomer. She hopped from one lover to another, and in the process, she ruins her life and she breaks Hosea's heart. She's been an unfaithful woman married to this remarkable man of God, and she, in the process, becomes destitute and was placed in a, for sale in a slave market. Do you remember who it was that stepped forward to buy her? Hosea. And the Bible says this about 
telling Hosea what to do. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, The Lord said to me, let that sink in for a second. I mean, after all the things that she's done, the kind of lifestyle that she's chosen to live, how she's wrecked our home, broken my heart and the hearts of our children. Yes, go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another and an adulteress, watch this, love her. As the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. Even though that Gomer doesn't deserve the love of Hosea, uh, she receives it even to the point that he chooses to buy her back. What was once his, he loses, he finds again, and what does he do? He goes and buys her back. Why? It's a story of so loved. That's from the Old Testament. I have thought about, okay, well, what are some modern-day examples of so loved? And there are many, many that exist. And some of the best examples that I know of so loved would be the sacrificial love of mothers. And what I, have what I have come to learn through the years, not just the mothers, but grandmothers can have a bad case of so love also. I've seen some grandmothers get pretty riled up over what goes on with their grandchildren, how protective grandmothers become. When I was head of school, I literally was more afraid of grandmothers than any other constituency. <laughs> when their grandchild would misbehave, I've had them shake their little old crooked fingers in my face. I had one come chasing after me once. And I love to tell the story of Kelly Farmer's mother, Rosie Farmer. Bless her heart. Once came up to the school ready to fight me over how her grandson, Nick, was being treated. Now, this was before she really knew me, but one day she came looking for me, and she was ready to take me on. She was the type... Well, let me give you a little insight. Is Kelly in here? There he is. When Kelly was in high school, he got into trouble for talking too much. Imagine that. And, try, and Kelly tried his best to get out of trouble. Again, I say, imagine that. Anyway, Kelly was told by a teacher that he was going to get a paddling for talking too much the next day. Is this a true story or not? Is it just so far as true? <laughs> now, Kelly went home, and he didn't tell the story exactly as it happened at school, and he made himself out to be more innocent than he really was. And I say a third time, imagine that. <laughs> the teacher was going to give him a paddling for something, according to him, that he didn't do. And that did not set too well with Rosie. 
his mom. The only problem was that was Rosie was in the hospital and could not visit the teacher and instead sends Callie's sister, Angie, to go and give the teacher what for. And Angie said, I would rather face the teacher than to face my mom, and obeyed and went after the teacher. i tell you that story to tell you that Rosie so loved her children and grandchildren and was always ready to take on anyone who threatened them. An example of so loved. My mom was a so loved kind of grandmother. When she was alive, she had 11 grandchildren. A couple of her granddaughters played on our school's basketball team, and they were pretty good at it. So my mom... She loved to go to the games and cheer on her grandchildren and cheer on all the other teams. To me, it would seem like she would just revert back to those days that she actually played on the basketball team at her high school in Cumberland City and was also a cheerleader. This easygoing, usually lady of class, my mom, became the biggest redneck when it came to her granddaughters on a basketball court. She would just get crazy, yelling and cheering, giving her thoughts to the referee when supposedly he made a bad call, but in reality it was probably a good call, but it didn't set well with my mom. And I, as head of the school, one day had to bring her into my office and say, Mom, you have to stop getting so upset at the referees. You're not setting a good example for the rest of the school, and you're embarrassing me. She so loved her grandkids that she lost all demeanor when it came to those basketball games. She was all in. It wasn't just her grandkids that she so loved. Kelly was one of her favorites. If Kelly ever messed up and I said something to mom about it, she would say, now, Steve, Kelly's a good boy. Just leave him alone. Mom, I'm your son. Why are you siding with him? Bobby Hamilton was another one that she favored. I got this call from the police department one night and said this almost like way in the morning after midnight. And I said, they said, um, Mr. Durham, um, we've been noticing that there are some people at the church school building like after hours in the gym playing basketball are they supposed to be there well no shouldn't be anybody there that time of the night who in the world's up there come to find out it was Bobby Hamilton one of our deacons is Bobby still here He, he took off it's a good thing And he's invited friends from the neighborhood. 
which under normal circumstances, that'd be okay if it wasn't 2 o'clock in the morning. So I started doing some investigating with Bobby, like, why are you up playing basketball? How did you get into the building? He says, well, someone gave me a key. <laughs> what do you mean someone gave you a key? Yes. Well, who was it that gave you a key? It was your mom. <laughs> What's wrong with that picture? She loved Bobby Hamilton more than she loved her own son. My mom so loved. A mom and a grandmother's love is so love kind of love that they're willing to go to great extent to solve the problems of their children, to be there when their time of need, to be there to rescue them from situations that they find themselves in. So the sole love of a mother and a grandmother is not such a bad thing, Right? But, as much as mothers and grandmothers and others really want to solve the problem of their children, there's only one solution to sin. And it was demonstrated in God so loved. Remember the verses I read earlier about how we are dead to God and living in our transgressions and sins, following the ways of the world, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following the desires and our thoughts of our own pleasure and mind. Uh, uh, like the rest, it says we're all by nature deserving of wrath. Really, when you stop and think about it, we deserve to stay in that pitiful state. We, we certainly didn't deserve to have a relationship with God. No more than Gomer deserved to have a relationship with Hosea. But watch what Paul writes to the Ephesians in verse 4. But because of what? His God. So that there's no mistake about it. It's all referring to the, the love that God has. His great love for us, who is rich in mercy. What did he do? He made us alive. We go from dead to alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Can we not say amen to that? Amen. This is the soul loved God allows us to participate in. I don't deserve to be saved. You don't deserve to be saved. But because of God's great love for us, what was once dead is now alive. That's what salvation means. What a marvelous scripture. It's a beautiful scripture. 
shows how much God loves us. It shows how crazy so love is or how illogical so love is, how the so love business is, causes you to do things that are extreme and outrageous to, to prove the love. God so loves. It's an amazing love. How does it come out? Love is so amazing because God, who is so rich in mercy, God won't stop loving you. You can't outlive, you can't outlove, you can't outsin His love. He loves you. You can't cause Him to stop loving you. You can try to convince yourself. You can allow other people to try to convince you by calling you bad things, calling out the bad things that you may do in your life. But even in that situation, God doesn't stop loving you. He can't stop loving. God is love. He is the personification of love. He is all that love is. You can't escape His love. And when He gave His Son, God gave you the deepest extent of His love. He couldn't love you anymore by giving you something different. He loved you with all of his best when he gave us Jesus, his only begotten son. He loves us. When we're good, he loves us. And when we're bad, he loves us. And you better be glad He keeps on loving you. Have you ever done something that you should not have done and you know you should not have done it and you did it anyway? If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit was calling it out, saying you shouldn't do this. Maybe you ignored the calling of the Holy Spirit and you went ahead and did it anyway. And after you did it, you start feeling bad about it and you say, you're a scoundrel. You're so sorry. Why? How can you even go to God and ask for his forgiveness? That's the old devil talking to you too. And you come kind of around, and you say, hmm, God, I, I know I shouldn't have done it, and I promise you I won't do it again in 24 hours or less. You turn right around, and you do exactly the same thing you just promised God you wouldn't do. You ever been there? Don't raise your hands. Actually, do right. No, don't, don't raise your hands. Maybe you're like me at times. I tell God, you can't love me when I do something like that. I did it again, so surely you don't love me. 
God, I tell you what, I feel so bad about what I've done. Just let me get myself back together. Let me get myself kind of back on the track again. And when I do, I'll come to you, and then we can have a restored relationship. You ever done that? I need to get myself all fixed up before I come back to you. I need to stop doing this, whatever it is. And when I do, then you and me, uh, we can spend more time together. I'll get myself, I'll get my act together. And then I try to convince myself, God's going to love me more. Actually, there's a person in the Bible who felt this way. It's how Peter felt when Jesus filled his boat up with fish. Remember the story? Jesus had told him to put the nets back in the water, and Peter hesitated, saying they had just fished the waters and caught nothing. When Peter did go out into the water and put the nets in down, Jesus filled them up and then some, and then Peter told Jesus that, you should go away from me. He says, I am a sinful man. I, I, I'm not a good man. So stop loving me. Go away from me. I think there are times when we may do the same thing. That's how we understand the relationship, you see. That's how we're taught to understand the relationship. Relationship, basically, how we're taught says, I will love you as so long as you love me. The moment you stop loving me, I don't really need you any longer. That relationship that so exists among people is not the kind of relationship that God has with us. That in spite of our sinful ways, God doesn't stop loving us, no matter how often we say, I'm a mess, God. God says, I still love you. I've done this again, God. He says, I still love you. Peter said, go away. Jesus doesn't go away. Instead, he said to Simon Peter, don't be afraid from now on. You're going to fish for people. In other words, Peter, man, I'm still in a relationship with you, and I've got some great plans for you. I still love you. And you had not seen anything yet as to how I'm going to use you. An example of God so loved. That's what he says to us. I love you. He doesn't stop loving us. Now, make no mistake about it. He does not like it when we continue in sin. It, his love for us does not give us a free ticket to go out and do whatever we want to do. Remember, that's how the dead people the people still in transgressions and sins do. But when you experience God's love, you start allowing him to, to transform you. 
But even in our sin, he never stops loving us. God describes himself with these words taken from Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Isn't it amazing that the thing that God characterizes more than anything else is he's saying he is love. He's abounding in love. That's who he is. He is love. And this so loved characterization, this so loved personification of who God is caused him to demonstrate his love for us in a very deep way. The deepest way that he could ever share his love with us was through how he gave us his son. But watch this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 4.10 says, This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Remember the classic story of the prodigal son. Of course, this is a story told to reveal to us the love of our father. Remember when the son came home and he had prepared a speech and he's just wanting a job, you know, just give me something. Certainly I don't deserve to anything better than that. Just give me a job. And he wanted just to be an employee at his dad's house and his dad was like, oh, there he is. There's my boy. You remember when he got up to the house they met. Remember what happened? The dad gives his son a big old hug. My son was once lost, and now he's back home. The boy is so ashamed. He's embarrassed. He's trying to get out of the hug and get his speech out that he's got prepared, and the dad, the dad just ignores the speech. All the dad wanted to do was celebrate that his son came back home to show his love for him. It's the kind of love that we get to experience with God's love. Never-ending. Unconditional. It's an amazing love. Because we have an amazing God who has the capacity to so love. He loves us. If you don't get anything else out of this sermon this morning, please hear this. He loves us all right now. No matter how broken, no matter how sinful, no matter how lost, no matter how found, period, God loves us. 1 John 3, 1 says this, 
see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Now, here's the truth. We don't deserve his love. We're not worthy. Think of the best person that you see in this room, who you think is the best person in this room, who you think is the most godly person in this room. Or maybe that you know outside of this room. Not one of us, not one person that you know deserves God's love. We're not worthy of it. But the amazing thing about God's love is this. It has nothing to do with how much we deserve it. It has all to do, to do with who he is and the grace and the mercy that he sheds on us. There's nothing I can do to earn his love. But yet he still gives it to me. I read a story about an instant cake mix that was a big flop. The instructions said, all you have to do is add water and bake. Pretty simple. The company couldn't understand why it didn't sell until their research discovered that the public felt uneasy about a cake mix that required only water. Apparently, people thought it was way too easy. So the company altered the formula and changed the directions to add an egg in addition to the water. The idea worked and sales increased. And this story reminds us of how people react to the plan of salvation. You see, we think God's plan, His love for us, sending His Son to die and take the place for our sins. We just have to accept it. Why, well, it just sounds too easy, too simple. There has to be something more that I have to do in order to earn this salvation. don't because of God's grace for by grace you have been saved through faith this is not of your own doing it is is the gift of God not the results of works you mean, really, there's nothing I can do? No. You mean, really, I don't have to do anything to, to earn the salvation? No, there's nothing you can do. It is the gift of God to the grace he has. God so loved 
I'm here to tell you, no other three words has a greater impact on your life and upon your destiny when this life is over than those three words, God so loved. As Addie said, in the context of the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Would you bow your heads in prayer? As the worship team makes their way here, a moment ago I said those three words. Three words that have the greatest impact upon your life. Only if you choose to do something about them. You see, God so loved gives us opportunity to respond. We can either accept that gift of His love or we can reject it. We can either realize that we need His love. It is the only way to salvation or we can keep trying to figure out our own way. But it's only through salvation, through the gift that God gives us, that we receive it. Not in earning our own way. So the question I have for you this morning, what do you do with this soul, God so loved? What do you, what do, you do with those three words? Have you, have you accepted the love? Are you still trying to figure it out? This morning is an invitation for you totally to accept his love if you've never done so. This gift of Jesus, a demonstration of his love. It's available. It's an invitation to have this relationship with the Heavenly Father. If you've never accepted it, in a moment, I'm going to say, invite you, respond. Maybe you want to respond by coming and talking with me. Maybe you just want to respond quietly to God. If you do that, I encourage you at some point in time, tell me about it so we can talk more about what next steps are. Maybe you just want to come to this altar and spend some time with God. Maybe there's something on your heart where you know that you're loved by God, but, but things just aren't right in your life, and you just need some time to pray between you and God. He loves you when things aren't right. He wants to commune with you. This altar is open for you to come and pray. 
If God is leading you to do something, be obedient. And listen to his call. Father, I pray that we will be obedient. In calling us to salvation, that we'll surrender our life. If you're calling us for something else, that we won't hesitate. It's in Christ's name I pray, amen. Use this time, Father, right now as we stand and as we sing. The love of God is greater far than tongues or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned church says, you may be seated.
and it's just great to hear such an uplifting reminder that we all already know. And um, I will let you know, so Steve later in my mom's life baptized her, and uh, so you know, I think I, I felt like she loved you more than she loved me there at the end. So. It was about time. Yeah. I did. I, you know, I, I, she was a tough lady. She was. And, and I mean that with all respect. But you're so right. Um, it was a joy to baptize her. And I began to see that change that started taking place in her life. She began to soften. And God was transforming this woman who had a tough time growing up, a tough time throughout her lifetime. And that's what the love of God does. It has the ability to literally change us. And not too many years after that, I had the opportunity to share this transformation that happened in her funeral service affected family and people who heard this message. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, though. I think she could have took you that day. So I know she could have taken me that day. I have no doubt in my mind she could have Eric's taken me. Eric's going to come up and <laughs> share with us There's a some bit. grandmothers here this morning that would have taken me about back in the gonna, day. About what's going to happen. Come on up here, Eric. Just share with us a little bit about uh, what's going on today. This is kind of a new, a new venture for us, an exciting venture. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so for those of you who have already signed up, you're already accounted for, in this room to your left, my right, we're going to be gathering in there. Uh, we're going to flip the room around for some fellowship in there. And again, this is to just be able to bring the, those who are newer or new to Sunset Hills into understanding a little bit more about us, asking those questions, and then giving us a chance, as Pastor Steve and myself and Kelly and others on staff here would be able to introduce ourselves to them. And so, again, if you're here very, very fresh right now and you're doing, oh, I didn't sign up, I don't know what to do, please stay. I mean, literally, it'll be about one more hour of your today and you'll get fed and it'll be a wonderful little lunch and there's great desserts uh, that's going to be given to you. So, and then it's a little swag bag, a little Sunset Hill swag bag of stuff that we want to send off with you. And then we'll just continue to just journey with you and and just try to answer questions, walk alongside of you, help you in any way possible. And uh, just that's, that's immediately following the service. And you'll see this come probably every six to eight weeks. We're going to just make room for some people who are coming to seek out our church and just want to welcome them and bring them into the family here. So that's what it's all about. Courtney, talk to us about Vacation Bible School. Yes, so we got five weeks until Vacation Bible School happens. It'll be June 4th to June 7th. Um, we have registration already available. We have paper copies with the blue copies on the VBS table. And then you can also register on Realm using the QR codes on the kids' doors. Um, and you can take that to your neighbors, your friends, your family, and invite them out. We're going to have twists and turns. So we're going to be talking about how life twists and turns and looking at Peter's life. And um, it's going to be an awesome time just to share God's love with our kids in our community. You responded last week to um, the plea to have more people to 
work with us. We still have a need for um, a preschool Bible study leader, a couple of people to do recreation, a leader and a couple of assistants, uh, someone to work security team, and a big need for that all of us can do is to serve on our prayer team for VBS. So uh, thank you for responding, and you know what the needs are. If you see Courtney, if you feel like you can do some of these other jobs that are still vacant, we would appreciate you taking time to do that. We'll watch that video next week, okay? All right. I have one more quick thing. Uh, this coming Friday um, is our spaghetti. It was rescheduled because, if you remember, we didn't have service the week before. Um, this is our one opportunity. You won't hear any more about this. This is your one chance to uh, step up alongside of our students. We have about 30 students this summer that have signed up to go to summer camp. And uh, some of them just need a little extra um, encouragement financially. And uh, so this is the one opportunity that you'll have. This coming Friday, we have a spaghetti supper takeout. If you've had our spaghetti before, um, we've had a lot of great things to, people have had great things to say about it. Uh, chicken fettuccine Alfredo, spaghetti, um, it'll be salad and um, some garlic bread. Uh, it's $12 a plate and all of those proceeds go to directly just to offset and benefit those students that may need just a little extra encouragement and help financially. So uh, this is just the one time of year that we, uh, we ask we want to give you something for it, but um, it's 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Be watching social media. Um, I'll be posting a lot about it this week, but we'd love to have you guys come in. It's just a takeout. So you come in, you tell them how many meals you want. Our students, they take them to your car, and you go home. You don't have to cook. You don't have to wash dishes. It's a win-win for everyone. My wife will be buying that for the next week. I'll be giving chicken Alfredo for the next week. Okay? Uh, before we go, one more thing I want to announce. Wanda, would you please come? Wanda Hamilton is coming to stand with me. Wanda is, uh, we met a few weeks ago. She's been coming for, what, a couple of months now to be a part of our church. And uh, so she said, Pastor, I want to become a, a part of the family here at Sunset Hills. And she said, actually, first time she walked in, she said, what? Just, I felt the Holy Spirit here. You felt the Holy Spirit. That's about as good as it gets, right? Yeah. And so we welcome you to our church family. We want you to be a part of what we do here. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> now, I would tell you that she works in the preschool where one of my grandkids works, Finn. And anybody who can handle Finn, hey, <laughs> I'm afraid of you. You better be. <laughs> if you would go out, please leave. <laughs> Go to the foyer so folks can come around and, and welcome you into our church. Would you please stand? It's good to see you. Isn't it good to see other people here at church this morning? Amen. Father, we great, we're grateful for your love. We're grateful for how you showed it to us. And grateful that we're part of your family. We welcome Wanda into our church family here. We pray together we would do great things to share that love that you've expressed. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hi, good morning, this is Kelly. I wanna take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what, we would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776 one eight zero seven one of her pastors will be back in touch with you 
Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. Let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everyone.